When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Tamika. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. How you doing? Huh, I'm sorry I'm late. It's okay. It's not a problem. I was cooking risotto, and apparently it's a lot of stirring. Oh, so we're going to be doing a cooking show right now? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Just ironically. I, which I've learned that I do not belong on any cooking competition show. No, because, because you have that sass where you're going to be sassing back to well, morning. No, not that. It's just that <laughs> I cook slow. It's good. I know how to cook, but it's slow and I like to take my time. And then with them, they're on the clock. I gotcha. Yeah. So let me go ahead and introduce the show. Okay. And we'll get on with it. All right. Hello, movie lovers. And welcome to the show. We have Tamika back with us today. And we're also going to be doing a. It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 review. I do have an It Chapter 2 review in the podcast, and I also have an It Chapter 1 review on YouTube. Uh-huh. But I wanted to combine it together, and I wanted to actually have a conversation with some with someone else who was actually petrified of clowns, and I'm glad I actually picked the Mika out of the box. <laughs> so, I'm actually, so I'm actually happy that I actually got her a little... I think that I actually got her... To the point where she's not afraid of clowns anymore. No, so I'm actually happy about that. No, there's no, still, they're still creepy. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna have to introduce you to ICP then. No, <laughs> not them. <laughs> Why? They're gentle clowns. I'm not down to clown. Well, you're not down with the clown. No, you're not the great Malenko. No, uh, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna pretend like <laughs> I know a, what that you're, is. You know, juggle it. No, I know what that is. No. <laughs> no? No. All right. So another thing, too, that we're going to be talking about is Hell's Kitchen. And then we're also going to be talking about Kitchen Nightmare. So, yeah, we are definitely doing a little bit of Gordon Ramsay kind of stuff right now. So I figured this would be a good time to actually introduce uh, Hell's, Kit- Hell's Kitchen and also Kitchen Nightmares for some reruns that I've been watching and stuff like that. So it's like clowns and Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> it doesn't go together, but you know. I was thinking about like hell and clowns. Clown. You know. Mm, I can see that. And you put possibly. Gordon Ramsay on clown makeup while he's yelling at you. Then now that's scary. That's scary. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's see here. For it chapter one, um basically you have the kids that are actually doing their own little investigation. And matter of fact, it's actually a coming-of-age story if you actually think about it. But it also has some horror elements as well. And it has an element of Stand By Me, which is also another Stephen King movie. But what I liked about this film was the fact that you have Bill, who's actually looking for his brother Georgie, because he knows he has gone missing. There's just something wrong with Derry. And there's this darkness at B that's surrounding this whole entire town of Derry. And that's the element that I really loved about it. Not only that, but I also read the I also read the book. 
<laughs> I, I read that 300 and that 3,000 and something page book. Or, no, it's actually 2,779 page pages with the soft cover of the smaller one that I read. Wow. Yeah, I actually read that whole thing. But, you know, what I loved about this, like I said, when Georgie's gone missing, Bill and his friends are trying to find out what happened to Georgie, where's Georgie at, and it seems like every single time when he wants to find Georgie, and he asks his dad about what's going on with the whole, with the whole plumbing and the sewers and everything, and the blueprints, his dad winds up yelling at him, and he's pretty much on his own. But the opening scene alone, where you actually have, of course, you know, it also starts off the same way that it, the very first it chapter one starts off in the nineties where you actually have Georgie um chasing after the uh the paper boat that Bill made and then of course Pennywise pops up. Mm-hmm. And I love the innocence of what Bill Skarsgard did with showing the innocence of his eyes and he can lure the kids into the drain. And then all of a sudden, just bite bite Georgie's hand off. What's wrong with Tim Curry's um, it? He kind of sort of looked innocent. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he looked kind of <laughs> gruesome to me. If you actually look at that makeup, and especially, it's so cliche on the way that that opening scene is for It Chapter 1 in the 90s for the miniseries. If you yeah. go back and watch that scene where you actually see the curtains move, We've seen that done before with Michael Myers and Halloween and stuff like that. But when Tim Curry is actually standing there and everything and he attacks that girl, that is that's scary. I know that's why I messed up my childhood. That's why I was like, You want me to watch this? I don't know. Well, you kind of did that on your own. Yeah, I did, but and then I kind of instigated it. <laughs> I mean, it, it took me when did it come out? Like was it two years ago? Chapter one. Uh, what was that? When did it chapter one come out? Oh, that came out in 2017. See, it took me that long <laughs> <laughs> to watch it because I still had Tim Curry like in my head. Right. And everybody actually had that in their head, a matter of fact, about is he going to do another reincarnation of what Tim Curry did? Or is this going to be something totally different? You know? Because everybody was so used to the way Tim Curry did it. Did it. And then whenever I heard what Bill Skarsgård was going to do in interviews and stuff like that, he said he's going to do his own interpretation of what it is. <laughs> and, they're, and they're also doing more of the shape-shifting elements, which is more of the key things that I loved in the book versus what they did on the TV show. Don't get me wrong, the TV miniseries and everything, they captured it a little bit, but not as much as I wanted them to. And for what they did, they actually had to, they also know that they also had to go on ahead and get a crowd from 2019 to be interested in this movie. Because in the original book, it takes place, in the original movie, it takes, takes place in the 1960s. Yeah. And in this one, it takes place in the 80s, which actually works out well. Because if you try and do a 1960 timeline and then you try and do it into modern day, the 31 year thing just doesn't work. It felt like the sixties a little bit for me, a little bit of sixties and seven uh eighties. Really? Yeah. Uh what what gave you that kind of flavor to it? Um, the black boy. <laughs> 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 the 
racism <laughs> with the black boy. Right. And then well, the whole carving in the little boy's stomach, like, you're a homo, and all this other stuff. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> right. And it's exactly how Stephen King actually wrote that in the book, though, too. It does capture racism. It captures everything that those times were. And he wasn't afraid to actually show that racism towards other people and everything because that's actually what he was surrounded by when he was younger. And I like the fact that he actually uses that into a positive aspect in a certain sense because of the fact is he doesn't, he stands against racism, but he also uses some stuff into redeeming qualities for certain characters. Or he goes on ahead and kills off the racist person. (laughs) So you're telling me that Stephen King's childhood was children cutting each other's stomachs. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I would not no. go that far. <laughs> I knew the season was messed up, but dang. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not that, not that drastic. Oh, but God. maybe on that level of bullying, maybe. Yeah. But not wow. on that. Maybe that level of bullying, depending on who the kid is. But you know. I did like the fact that it knows that he can't actually get to the Losers Club or anything like that. So he has to actually use Henry to actually give them the scare that they need to actually do the killing for him. Hmm. Now, I wonder why he didn't go. Why didn't he go after the bullies the way he did the Losers Club? Is it because the bullies have no fear? I believe what it is is. The fact that the bullies, on the other hand, they've been mistreated. You don't know the past or whatever that they've actually been through. So basically, they don't really have that fear, like some that those innocents that the kids had. Because don't, don't get me wrong, you have the Losers Club, but they are not faced with the same type of problems that Henry Bowers was faced with. Mm-hmm. Although you would actually have to put into the aspect of Beth as well. Because Beth, uh, Beverly, Beverly, um, because Beverly actually had an abusive father figure who was also a drunkard, if you remember that. Yeah. But still, he used her fear, which is her father, to try and uh, get her. Hmm. But I think it works differently for bullies and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I I noticed he used the bullies kind of like a manipulative way to carry out his killings or yeah whatever that one bully is and with the kids he i guess it's like you said as an innocence in a sense right like they've been tainted by their childhood too but i guess yes yeah i don't want to get too deep because it's only a (laughs) two-hour show but (laughs) i guess that (laughs) with the bullies they don't have as much innocence or maybe they don't scare easily. I'm not. They don't scare easy because even whenever he uses, this is another thing too. Yeah. He killed Belch, which is actually the first bully that he kills down in the drain. Yeah. In the movie. And that's it. He didn't kill Henry because he knew Henry was the toughest one out of the bunch. Huh. Okay. So it's pretty much feeding on the weak. Well, bullying is a form of weakness. So in a yeah. sense, he's feeding on both the weaknesses. Right. 
but he knows Henry can actually deliver that kind of fear into the kids. Is basically what I'm saying. Mm. And also, too, Henry was also the strong one who was also the leader. Oh uh, yeah, of that group. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm getting at with that part. But what I loved about this film too was, you know, you have Eddie, you have Stan, you have Bill, and you have um, what's the black kid's name? <laughs> the black kid. <laughs> Black kid number one. (laughs) I'm drawing a blank. Black kid number one. I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. Oh man, (laughs) that's not good. Yeah, that ain't good. You read two thousand pages. (laughs) You should know. That's that's, okay now. (laughs) So okay, so you have Mike. Mike is the guy. uh, The kid's name. The the black guy. Yep. Okay, his name is Mike. Okay. And then you have Ben, and then you have Georgie, mm-hmm. which is, well, he's not part of the Losers Club. He's actually um, Bill's uh, brother that died. But what I liked about this was it was about friendship and how strong a friendship is during that summer. Otherwise, it would have actually took them apart if it wasn't for that. What about, you say Eddie, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eddie is the uh, Eddie's the other uh, person that want, is the other person. Mm-hmm. But they're all part of the Losers Club and everything. But, you know, I just love the fact that you have these seven kids who are strong together that are standing against evil. And it just works. The chemistry with the kids is just phenomenal. It, it was is. just like that they were best friends. Mm-hmm. It is. You know? And Another thing, too, is even on the set, like I watched the behind the scenes things for this movie, but because I have it on Blu-ray, I've also watched the commentary on it. (laughs) And I just love the fact that, you know, they're best friends even off the set. Oh, cool. Yeah, even off the set, they were their friends. And also, too, they didn't even tell them when um, Pennywise was going to show up. Or anything. Oh, so the very first image that they actually got of Bill in his Pennywise costume was actually their first reaction, which was a scene where he's actually popping out of the refrigerator, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I want to say it's the very first scene where he's actually popping out of the refrigerator the way they shot it. Shot the movie. Yeah, that's like something I would do. And I've noticed a lot of some directors do that to get the story to be more authentic. They won't have certain actors meet each other until it films so it can be more of an organic chemistry. Right. And also, too, you know, I also have to say I love the comedic uh, comedic timing with um, with Eddie, not not with Eddie, but uh, Stanley, you know. With Stan, no, not not with Stan. The um the other loser um that was in (laughs) the other loser. (laughs) It's Richie, Richie. Oh, okay, Richie. Yeah, I love the chemistry with Richie and uh, Eddie, and everything. And I loved how much of an uh, how much of a smart ass uh, he is. And everything. That's actually one of my favorite characters in the book. Richie. And in the movie. Because right. Richie is one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. 
Makes sense. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I'm a smart ass too? Yeah, is he from Boston too? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, I love with uh, his name is Finn uh, Wolf, Wolfhard, I think that's how you say it. If I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. But Finn did a fantastic job at playing Richie to a T. Mm. He had that he had that whole entire smart ass to him. He didn't take no shit from anybody. And also, too, I also like the chemistry between him and the rest of the Losers Club. And even Beverly, for that matter, too. You actually have a tough woman in this group that you actually need in this group yeah. of guys. Yeah, and they all, like, pretty much have a crush on her. <laughs> right. And then, of course, I feel bad for Ben. I mean, Ben loves Beverly to death. And then he wrote that poem for her. Uh, your hair smells like winter fire. My my heart burns there too. Mm, mm, mm. And she, he's thinking, and, and she's thinking that Bill did it. And then I'm, I'll tell you what scene was absolutely creepy to me: the library scene with Ben. Oh, you remember that? I think so. Wasn't it like a li- library archives type thing? Well, he was looking through the library, the history of Derry in the book. Okay. And he saw where this fire actually broke out mm. in this factory. Oh. And in the book, and not, not the book that I read, but in his book that he read, there's a kid with no head. It's burnt up and, it's on a, and he's on a tree. Mm. And then all of a sudden you see the balloon floating in between the, uh, the tables. And then, I don't know why he got up. I don't know why he followed the balloon down to the dark room, the, that dark room over there with all the other archive books that they don't even use on the shelf. But he did. And all of a sudden, you see the ball drop down the hall and down the stairs. Then you see the headless kid. That part creeped me out in the movie theater. Mm. I had goosebumps on my on my arm. And then as as Ben is running away from this uh, person, this thing that's actually afraid that he's afraid of, it is actually running behind him too. He goes, "Hey, boy!" And all of a sudden, I mean it. I had goosebumps from watching that on the big screen. Yeah, and he ran to the librarian, and she's like, "Uh, excuse yeah. me, <laughs> <laughs> why are you making noise?" And then I was like, right. "I know, right?" <sighs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> I know that part you can probably relate to. I would be like, why are you running? There's no running. There's in nothing. The library. <laughs> but <laughs> that was perfect timing. Somebody's coming after me. I don't care. Care? There's going to be something that's going to eat me. It's going to be me, me eating you I if don't you don't care. get out. Can you go die quietly in the corner? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but what what were some of the scenes that you stood out for you? Which which level of creepiness did you actually get creeped out on? Um, I think if I can remember from chapter one, I think Beverly wasn't she? She was in the bathroom, yeah, and it was like all red, yeah, right. Uh, it was all well, when blood. First or... she, well, first thing she does is she hears a voice in the sink. Mm. So then she starts getting the tape measure and seeing how deep that drain actually goes. Then as she's pulling it up, and of course, at this point, she also tacked up all her hair. But 
Uh, if you remember that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I just remember everything was red and it was like right. blood, and it was, she was had blood on her. Her dad was like, "What's going on?" I was right. like, "Don't he see all this blood? What do you mean? What's going <laughs> on?" And then she's like, "Oh," he's like, "Why are you acting weird?" I was like, "Yeah, because I'm covered in blood, Dad." Jeez. Right. And then also too. You know, all the hair that she actually chopped off is actually what pulls her down to where the dra- her eye level where the drain is. Too, and as that's going on, there's blood popping up out of the sink mm-hmm. and everything. And then that's when she starts screaming. And then her dad's like, "Is somebody beating at you?" Mm. And everything. Don't forget, this guy's also a drunkard too. And he also said, "Why did you cut off your hair?" He didn't even pay attention to the blood or anything because he can't see it. But yeah, he adults cannot see anything that's going on with it or anything like that. But like, quick question: So, are there select children that he torture? I believe he feeds on the weak. But like with her dad, he he grew up in Derry. I'm assuming, right? Right. So that's what I'm assuming. Why why is there select? You said they feed on the weak, but why is there select kids that they don't know anything about this clown? <laughs> this well, clown. And then they just grow up as adults and they're like, what's wrong? What's the big deal? Well, that's the thing. The more that you're in this town, the worse your memory is going to be. Not only that, but this thing also comes back every 31 years. Yeah. Or so. So you stay in that town long enough you become blinded by everything that's going on around you. I thought it was when you left the town. Well, when you leave the town, it's not that bad because you're not remembering anything. Okay. But if you stay in that town long enough, you start getting blinded by everything that's going on around you. Wow. Okay. That's why as soon as they start hitting the state line in chapter two, that's why their memories start coming back a little bit at a time. Hmm. But yeah, on chapter one, when they are in his lair, I'm assuming, yeah. uh, the part that really creeped me out was um, the when it had Beth in his hands, and I thought he was going to eat her face off, but he was showing, she heard, the are they called deadlights? Yeah, deadlights. And then her face was like... Uh, that creeped me out. I was like, what in the world is wrong with her face? And then she just floated in there and they're like, Bev, Bev. And I was like, oh my gosh. Right, because she was the strongest one and all, and he thought all the rest of them were the weakest of them all because he can still use that fear against them. Because you have Eddie who was afraid of the hobo guy. You have um poor person. Then you had um, Stan, who was afraid of that painting. Then you also have Ben, who was afraid of the boy that was burnt up. Then you also had, um, then you also had Richie, who was afraid of clowns. Mm, I'm surprised with the black boy number one, <laughs> who is Mike. I'm surprised they didn't have the clan come out. Right. <laughs> that I would be like, oh, I'm done. 
I'm done. <laughs> no, they kill me now. I'm done. No, I'm at that point, <laughs> that would actually take me out of the movie. To be honest, but they did something like but that. I'm like realistic. If it's set in the '60s, <laughs> it pulls off his mask. Ooh, no. It's me point, underneath this clown. Clown. Speed. At that oh. at that time, I would be getting up out of my seat and be like, I'm done with this movie. I do not want to see this movie. Yeah, right. You like pull back your clan hat like, oh, it's me. I'm like, oh, that shit is real. It's real. But another creepy get a police thing. Under. But another creepy thing, though, that I have to say that was actually creepy to me was the part where you actually see uh, where you know where uh Mike's dad actually owns that lamb shop the uh sheep shop or whatever it is oh yeah and all of a sudden you see these glowing light uh, these glowing eyes mm. in there and he's also afraid of people that his parents being trapped in that burning building though too mm, mm, mm. that's that's the thing he's scared of mm-hmm. and you and the way that Bill was able to just play off of that a little bit was perfect. That whole family's messed up. <laughs> scar, scar. Their yeah, whole Bill's family scar, scar. is creepy. His brother <laughs> Alexander is creepy because I watched oh. him in Little Big Lies, and he was like, "Oh, I only saw him in I only saw him in True Blood." He was like the abusive psychotic husband to Nicole Kidman <laughs> like beating her and then having oh, sex wow. with her and then beating her again and then like I'm the happy dad see <laughs> and like if it was him or his brother um this guy I forgot his first name like either one of them could have played it or both right. of them they could have just had both of them like two it's and like oh no he multiplies and then they could have got his dad in there too, and it would have been triple X because his dad <laughs> creepy too. Oh God! <laughs> the whole family. I see why. I don't want to meet them on the street. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna we're gonna take a break real quick, and then we'll be back. Oh okay. 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 I'll be right back. All right. All right. Hold on. All right, and we're back. All right, and we're back. Okay. Right. So, you were saying about the whole entire Skarsgård family is very creepy, right? They're creepy. The end. <laughs> so, <laughs> with me, on the other hand, I I think that Bill Skarsgård did an excellent job at playing Pennywise. I think, hands down, he did a really good job with what they gave him. And they gave him a lot more to do than what Ken, Tim Carey did, in mm. my opinion. Mm. So he had to, like, do a lot more facial expressions. And what? I feel like, I feel like, (laughs) hold on, I'm echoing a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. But I feel like um, what they did for him with the whole shape-shifting thing, they gave a lot more of the shape-shifting stuff to Pennywise this time. Mm. And also this, too, when he comes out of that freezer, that part made me my made my skin crawl. Oh. Because if you remember also too, Eddie also broke his arm. Oh yeah. And that's when he falls through the house. As a matter of fact, in that um Then his the mom book, came. 
Yeah, his mom calls. And I thought that was Pennywise as his mom for a minute, <laughs> like the way she was raising hell. Right. I thought Pardon so too. Me. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was gonna be Pennywise at first because his mom is actually the type of person that would actually make me be make me be scared instead yeah. of him being scared of clowns or whatever he is afraid that he's afraid of because I know that he's not afraid of clowns. He's afraid of the hobo guy. I think that I would be more scared of his mom than the hobo guy. But that's yeah, just me. me too. But you know, I just thought that it worked out in that scene where the mom is actually uh, complaining about her son. She keeps him in this sheltered life basically don't want anything to happen to Eddie or anything like that. And I love how the losers actually play off of that as well. Too, where they make fun of Eddie a little bit and take jabs at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because his... Mm, he seems like he was afraid of everything, though. Yeah. He goes, guys, I cannot be in there. I don't get dirty. I, yeah. I, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, oh no, this dust will get into my uh, lungs uh, and cause right. me to have pneumonia or something. He was like the bubble boy of the 1980s, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, and if I was but, it, I'd be like, ooh, this too easy. Right. <laughs> because all he has to do is just blow dirt on him and yeah. that's it. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> blow some dust and some dirt on you and then I'm gonna drop a rock near you. <laughs> Speaking of rock, what did you think of that whole entire scene where you have these group of kids throwing the rocks at the bullies and everything at at Henry Bowser's Bowser and them? Was that when they faced the bullies the um, the second time? Yeah, that's when they confront uh, confront the bullies the second time together as a group. Oh, they didn't have bigger rocks. Is my thing. <laughs> that's what I wanted to know. I'm like, can you pick up a boulder or something? This man got cut <laughs> your friend's stomach and you're just giving him pebbles. <laughs> but in the book, they actually use slingshots like they did in the miniseries. Well, why did they think give him slingshots? I don't know. Oh, lo- um, just put down your volume just a little bit. I heard a little bit of small echo. Oh. It's okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, cool. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry about that. No, don't worry about it. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know if they decided, hey, look, maybe slingshots are a little too outdated for the 80s. And we're just going to use stones just to go ahead and throw stones at them. I mean, that's outdated. That's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you went there <laughs> stone you like it matches with the 80s right right it's slingshot but yeah. i'm glad that they kept that in there though because that is an important thing with the rock throwing and stuff yeah because it goes to show you how strong they are as a group and how and why pennywise actually sees them as a threat well, also shows that they can't throw. Like, I don't know. They got Henry pretty good in the head. Well, I didn't want any more blood. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was good. I mean, I thought that rock throwing part was good. I love the Metallica song that they actually played when they're throwing the rocks. Yeah. That was perfectly well done. Um, And then, of course, when they get into the sewer part where you actually confront with it, and everything. What do you think of the battle scene between it and them? Oh, at the end? Yeah. Oh, that was gangster. <laughs> they started jumping him. 
like they were a gang and right. they had to get initiated in that gang. I was like, that <laughs> is the type of friendship I want. Let's fight right? demon clowns together. That's how exactly. I'm going to ask all my friends, if you can't fight any demon clowns with me, then you're not my friend. Right. And that's what I love too was when um, not Eddie. I'm always getting that mixed up between because they, they actually look have alike. that like but it's actually um, Richie. And what I liked with Richie is uh, he says, I'm going to beat your fucking ass, you clown. Yeah. And he just starts beating. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. It was so great to actually have that confrontation where they're actually facing their fears together as a team. Yes. And once and- again, ladies and gentlemen, if your friends will not jump a demon clown with you, and they aren't your friends. No, they're not. No. Thank you. <laughs> but what do you think about Henry Bowers falling down in the sewer and everything? Oh, he fell. Dang. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, um, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the thousands and millions of listeners. <laughs> my, my it uh, recollection is a bit spotty. So John is filling in the blanks blanks. for me because I remember a little bit more of chapter two than I do one. But um, hearing Henry fall is just, it's great to me anyway. But it was creepy. The parts I do remember of Henry is um, besides cutting up little children's stomachs which should have been like uh, assault and battery or something exactly <laughs> but you know I, I like the fact though that his dad we actually have a little bit more of a background on him yeah. compared to the miniseries yeah we do because in the because in the miniseries they didn't give us too much to go on with Henry if you remember it was just like okay he's Pardon a bully me. and that's it well, my eye, my hands were over my eyes too much to remember the nineties <laughs> <True>. version. <laughs> That's true, but in this version, his dad's actually a cop. Oh yeah, that's right. And he's also a drunkard as well. Yeah, and he, but that TV show thing was also creepy. Whenever you saw um it in the TV, and he's getting into Henry's head. Oh yeah. Well, the budget too in the with that TV series was limited, <laughs> so they True. couldn't really do any... too much shape shifting, right? Well, not only that, but at that time too, ABC is still owned by Disney. Oh yeah, so really they couldn't really do much with what they had, and not only that, this is my biggest complaint about the miniseries is the fact that I actually watched the commentary on that too. Uh, with the DVD commentary of the miniseries. And my biggest complaint was this. They have a director that never read the book. Oh, no. That's why. Yeah. And not only that, but that also explains why the second half was all butchered with the town history. Because I didn't... Here's the thing. When I went over there... Not when I went over there, but when (laughs) I checked out the um, second half, I was confused. Even uh, whenever I got up to my teens and everything, I went on ahead, checked it out again. And I'm like, I still don't understand the town history. I still don't know what's going on. 
But, you know, once I read the book, I understood the town history because there's actually a whole entire chapter on the town history alone when there are doubts. Oh, I have not read the book, but when I worked in public libraries, a lot of people checked it out and it was very popular still. Uh, was that 2018? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I had people coming back saying, I would need a little bit more time on this book. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> that dictionary over there? <laughs> okay. That Bible yeah. written by Stephen yeah. King? Yeah. That, oh, okay. Yeah, you can have the after time. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I mean, this your right? third time. You should have finished it by now. Renewing it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. You but, love to read. We get it. But you know what, though? I'm going to tell you this, and we can move on to chapter two after this part that I'm going to tell you. But in the book, I'm just going to lay out. (laughs) I'm just going to lay this out. You have Stan, I believe, who's looking at birds. And you know how, this is actually how I imagined it because I didn't have any type of imagination other than the TV show itself. So if you actually remember the whole entire sore thing, where the, um, where that door is, where the, the entrance to the sewer. Oh, yes. Okay, so that's what I imagined there because that's all that I could actually see at that time because that's all I knew was the miniseries. And picture this. All of a sudden, you hear carnival music coming from the inside of that um, place. And I'm get this. I'm actually reading the book as I'm mopping the floor and everything because I was working housekeeping at the time and I'm mopping the floor and I'm putting up my mop bucket getting ready to put up my mop bucket in my in the um, janitor's closet right so there's a part where he goes Stan goes on ahead he goes inside all of a sudden the door shuts behind him and he's locked in there and as I'm reading this I'm going into the housekeeping closet and the door shuts behind me hmm. And I start panicking. Mm. <laughs> I am sorry to say this, but you deserved it. You have no business trying to read a book and then mop. You need to pay attention. The killer is right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> but Which is still, I was able to. Do... <laughs> hey, I was able to do two things at one time. I have ADD. Well, but... you need to control it because Pennywise is on the loose. And he loves ADD people. Uh, thanks. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, the, and not only that, but Stan also says that he also could smell the cotton candy, popcorn, mm. and he could also hear the carnival. Funnel cakes, too? I don't know. About wow. That. All I know is those three Man, things. he would have <laughs> ate me up. I'm like, ooh, funnel cakes. <laughs> <laughs> But that part alone just creeped me out and everything in the book. And I kind of wish that they would actually put that in there. But, you know, I think it's perfect on its own, the way they actually captured it. And also, too, I think that they did a really good job. Even the kid who plays Bill's uh, brother in it did a really good job. Yeah. In the film. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they actually filmed a little bit of it, Chapter 2, with the Losers Club, with the uh, with the kids. 
before they filmed with uh, the adults. Oh, that's pretty cool. I yeah, guess so you that can way, kind of see it when they're in the treehouse in two. Right, because it's like they didn't even age at yeah. all. Yeah, it looked like they they that a year or so didn't pass. Yeah, totally. So that's why. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. But okay, so let's go with it. Chapter two. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, so oh. the part. Oh, you want to set it up? Yeah, okay. I'm going to set it up for okay, a minute. Okay, thank you. So <laughs> it's been 31 years since the Losers Clubs actually saw each other. They don't remember anything. You have Eddie, who's married to the exact same person that his that's his mother. <laughs> Basically, the same type of person, but it's actually. He's actually married to his mother. That's the same actress Ew. that played his mother. <laughs> but he's also an adult now. So, Ugh. but yeah, but it's just, I just found it funny that he married a copy of what his mother is. And then you also have Bill, who's also a screenwriter and writer. It's, and he's kind of using a little bit of Stephen King kind of things to him, too, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Because there are people, and I'm in a Stephen King group, that say, and I'm myself included, that says, I didn't like the ending. (laughs) Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, I think Stephen King was in the group and they listened to me. (laughs) (laughs) But there's that part, and then then you have Ben, who's a construction worker. You have Beverly, who's a successful uh, businesswoman who I think has her own clothing design, if I'm not mistaken, in the movie. If not, she she was a su- successful um, clothing line person in the book. And then you have poor Mike. He just stayed behind in that town. In that, yeah. <laughs> he just stayed behind in the, da- in, in the in dairy. And then, of course, you also have you also have Stan, who winds up dying. Mm, spoiler. And everything... Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, chapter two by now yeah. or one because that's where it happens. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, he winds up slitting his wrist, and then of course he dies mm. in the bathtub. So in the bathtub. Mm. So there's that part, mm. and then uh, you also have it. Oh, uh, not Eddie, but Richie? the other guy that I, Richie. Yeah. Thank you. You have Richie. That's actually a stand-up comedian. And I love the fact that he winds up bombing on the set after he got the news from Mike that it is back after 31 years. He just goes outside and just throws up and then he comes back on his set and he blanks out on his own set. Yeah. And then a woman say, you suck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That part made me laugh. And I think that they did a very good job with the casting choices that they had for each of the character for each of the kid actors and everything because I thought that was actually set up really good. Yeah, the adults, the adults are pretty yeah. spot on too. I mean, you have Bill Hader in there. Yeah, that you have James McAvoy. Yeah, who brought Just a little bit game. of, um, which makes me wonder: with James McAvoy, did he? do this after Split? I don't know. Because one of the so. characters in Split stuttered too. Right. I don't think he did that after that. I think he was casted um, a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Because that because Split came out in 2016, I believe. Okay. 
So, yeah. And then you have Jay Ryan, who plays Ben. Then uh, James Ranos, who plays Eddie Kasrak. And that's spot on casting. Yeah, it is. And Ben is a hunk. He's like not <laughs> fat and chubby, but he owns his own. Um... He's got abs now. What is, He's he, got... what is, what is he like? He he owns a construction. Yeah, he company. owns a construction. So company. it's not like he's a construction worker. He's like the big wig. Uh, they're saying that this building sucks. Do it over, right? And right. It's hot, right? But yeah, he's the big leagues. He's the big guy, yeah. <laughs> and everything. And Jessica Chastain, spot on. Yes. Matter of fact, the the kid who plays Beverly wanted her as. Um, the adult version of Beverly. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know she they requested had her so. herself. <laughs> I didn't know either, but I think Andy Muschietti, the guy who directed mm-hmm. it, um, she went up to him and told him who she would like to actually have. Because I mean, it's dead on. It's dead on. It on what spot on. So I don't blame him for listening to her on that part. You know, yeah, totally. And Andy Muschietti also directed the movie Mama. Oh, uh, that is why. <laughs> and I'm going to go into a little bit of pop uh, pop culture a little bit or a little bit of a pop quiz type of thing because i actually been following this thing since 2010. Okay. But they were actually going to get another director to um, direct it, it chapter one, a matter of fact. And he wanted to film in New York. The studios shot him down and said, no, it's going to cost us this much money to film in New York. So you're, we're going to have to find somewhere else to film. He goes, no, either it's New York or no. no. So they parted ways with that director. Then they got Andy Muschietti in. Mm, interesting. Which I thought was a better choice anyways. But I would love to see that what that director's uh, film would actually look like. But the casting choice that he chose for Pennywise, uh-uh. And that was the kid from what's that movie? Where are the Millers? Oh, for to be Pennywise? Yeah. They cast Oh, him. the one from Gotham too. He could have No, no not him. Oh, okay. Uh you you'll remember who he is. He was the kid in uh, Where the Millers. Have you ever seen that? Mm, who else is in it? It's it's actually got Bell Hader, I think. Not not Bell Hader. Hold on, I'll be able to pull that up. But yeah, um, Jason Sudeik- Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, that's the the um the son is the one who played Joker. Okay, yeah, that's right. Gotham. I'm sorry. It's been a here's the thing. It's been a while since I saw Gotham. It's so okay. Everybody else that. erased it too. <laughs> <laughs> but Will Poulter is the uh, the actor's name. I mean, he could have sort of did a. Uh, yeah, he probably been, like even when he was playing Joker, it felt like he was trying too hard. Like he was right. creepy I agree. still, but it felt like he was just trying too hard. I agree. I think he was trying to do a little bit too much with that. Yeah. And I think getting Bill in there was the right choice. Yeah, because he did but... creepy family anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh but we were talking about 
that whole entire setup about how they actually got the gang back together to take down this clown again. Man. And this time they're at the adults going into this town again. But let's talk about the most controversial scene, opening scene for this movie. Oh, okay. And to me, it's controversial because of the fact of the day and age that we're actually in. Because it opens up where even it, this is actually in the book, though. Oh, and I'm actually happy I know you took that in the book. Yeah. Where you have these two gay guys, they're in love with each other, and these guys just come out of nowhere and they don't like the fact that they're gay. And they beat the hell out of this one guy. And next thing you know, they throw him over the bridge. Mm. And next thing you know, it, the guy comes down the bridge to see his lover try and rescue him and then at that point Pennywise is actually eating his heart and then you see a bunch of balloons underneath the um, the bridge mm. so that that scene that wasn't the 80s right that was like present day their time yep that it was in 2020 felt like the 80s I'm just right. gonna tell you that's why I got confused I thought it was like a, a flashback to like the 80s because everything looked been, dated. Right. But at that, don't forget those small town fears and stuff like that. They're going to look kind of outdated. Yeah. Because even down here, we have little small county fears that have been, out, it's very outdated mm. <laughs> with the stuff that they have. Okay. <laughs> so it's, they actually put you in the spot of, the, of a 2020 world, mm. if you think about it. Okay. And that also is the reason, too, why, um, why Mike gives them the call that it is back. So question. Um, mm. So Pennywise killed him because he was weak? I don't, to be honest with you, I I don't what? know if it was because he just w- awoken and he was hungry. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so they basically the guy dying disturbed his sleep. Probably, oh. and it's not even his fault. He got thrown over right. a bridge. He got a crap beat out of him, and then they kicked his inhaler. Right. Like, where is the police in this town? Like, that is a solid battery. Gonna... That's some third degree murder. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to say. That whole entire town is blinded by everything that's dark because it, it has a whole entire thing thing over wow. this darkness over this town. I feel like that's what it's like today. <laughs> that it has a dark oh, darkness around everyone. Nation. Yes. <laughs> mm, but continue. Okay. So that's the opening scene. And then, of course, everyone gets their phone calls and everything. Eddie, I feel bad for Eddie because he was in a car wreck. Yeah. Because you remember his <laughs> wife slash mom was talking to him. He's like, yes, yes, mom. Right. I mean... Honey. Yes. <laughs> Honey. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bam. Yeah. And then he's he like an a... insurance. Um, what is he like? A um claims adjuster? Yeah, claims adjuster. Which makes sense. Right. He gets into an automobile. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's driving the most safest car that actually has airbags. Mm. Mm-hmm. And everything that actually works when they deploy. Then he marries his mom. <laughs> right. I mean, his wife is like his mom. Right. Mm. Which I I like that aspect, though, because of the fact that he, I guess when you are a child, a child like that, you want to actually have someone that will take care of you like your mother. Oh. And he actually feels more secured 
with being someone with someone like that. With me, on the other hand, uh-uh. I'm the total opposite. I do not want to date someone like that. Yeah. Or be with anyone like that. Yeah. No thanks. I already got parents. <laughs> exactly. I don't I don't want uh mom number two. <laughs> you know? I don't but, most guys want that though. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I want my independence mm. with that. I don't want to date my mother. Wow, all right. <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> But like I said, you have Ben, you have Beth. Everybody's successful too. That's another thing. It just goes. It just shows you, like, the losers actually made something of themselves. It versus like, how. Oh, maybe yeah. that's like a take on class, like a class issue. I wouldn't say that. I think he was more of like the lighthouse. Yeah, but he could have had a chance to get out too, right? I don't think he wanted to. I think he wanted to stick around in case of anything. Mm. Okay, continue. I'll make it too big of a deal out of it. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but, you know, I love that whole entire thing where you have these guys back again. They don't remember much of anything until they actually are surrounded with each other in that Chinese restaurant. Man, I was just about to talk about that. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> that scene made me not want to look at a fortune cookie. Like, <laughs> hey. it creeped me the fuck out. I was <laughs> like, what? And, like, they would eat dinner, and everybody like, ha-ha, oh my god, ooh, we back, reunion, hey. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> reunion, ooh, Chinese food, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> and then they like, like fortune cookies, and it's like, what's yours say? And it's like all these riddles that it put together, basically telling them that um, Stanley died <laughs> or he right. couldn't cut <laughs> it. Right. He cut dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> a dad pun. Boom. That's what it was supposed to be a dad pun. And they pun. like, what? And then, wait, wasn't that too? Like the creatures came out? Yeah. The creatures also came out of the fortune cookies. Man. It was like an eyeball was crawling on me. <sighs> table and then some they all look like creatures from um toy story you remember toy story yeah it was in the bully's house and he experimented on all yep. dolls and everything that's yep. how those creatures look well another thing too is that i liked about this uh scene too was the job uh, i like how uh you actually have not eddie but richie Richie. I like how Richie made that job of the hut joke about his mom. Oh. <laughs> and he does that voice that's just so good. You know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> no, I'm not hungry. Or something like that. But uh, I just thought he did a very good job with that. I mean, the way he did it. And I don't think anybody else could have done that joke like he could Yeah, Yeah, this is Bill Hader, right? Right, yeah. Bill Hader did that. But another thing too is whenever they're the fortune cookies are coming to life, and then you see the Chinese woman uh, look, looking at them on the table when they're all on the table, and they don't, she doesn't see what's going on. Yeah, because um, what's that, Mike? Somebody grabbed a chair and started smashing the table, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is going on?" Right, and then there's that one part where. I feel bad. Oh, that kid! I, I really do. Yeah, the kid. 
<laughs> and I feel bad for what happens happens to him. I really do. And he didn't deserve it. He was just a fan. Yeah, he was just saying and, a line from his stand up, which I'm like, right. he's too young to look at that. But and then Richie is just <laughs> listen here, you little fucker. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, no, no. That, that's a kid. That's yeah, a kid. It's not it. It's like, oh, uh, you want an autograph or something? No. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. now. You just me out. <laughs> right. Talk about when you meet your hero. Yeah. Jeez. It's like God. Oh. <laughs> it's two hours. Had a fortune cookie eat my face off. Right. And then after all that is said and done, there's another thing too. They're adults. They don't have to stay in that damn town anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, they don't. And then like <laughs> Mike kept them with his hoodoo voodoo like uh, trip to some sweat lodge with the um, Indians. Yeah, over at the library. Yeah. Upstairs in the attic. <laughs> yeah. That's not creepy at all. Yeah, he kept down there. And he's like, <laughs> that was, no, that wasn't Stanley. That was, um, what's his name? Mike. Mike. Yeah, yeah. he was like, Mike had the, no, Mike not had Mike. The um, who was with Mike? Matt, well, the one that no Bill. 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 Bill was like, um, Mike, did you spite my dream? He was like, yes, a little son. He was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> Spiking people drinks. He's like, and right. so you can see what I saw in the sweat lodge. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> the Indians, and then they went into the whole entire backstory. I love the way they did the backstory for that. Mm, that was creepy. But to be honest with you, that's what I wanted for Pet Cemetery. I wanted the backstory kind of like that. And with the remake. Oh. But, you know, the backstory, the way they did it was just fantastic with the whole legend and everything else. And then, uh, you know, and then also, too, they also have to look for other key objects that they, artifacts that they have back when they were kids. Mm, yeah, I... Okay, that part was kind of cheesy for me. I was like, oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I guess it might be a white people thing. I don't I was know. Like, I was like, wait a minute. We probably do some seance. Come on. Man, there's got to be something else we can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's kind of cheesy because of the fact that even they make fun of it, though, too. Remember when they're burning the stuff? Yeah. Because, yeah, you burned a fucking rock. How is that going to help us? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Because that, that shit's not going to fucking burn. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> that part made me laugh. I was like, what is this? <laughs> but don't forget, though, too, they also have to use their imaginations all over again like their kids. So they actually have to pretend that this stuff is actually going to work so that they can kill that clown. Yeah, but then it's like it it would have worked, but I think I got distracted because he was going into the container or the sacred whatever container. Right. But then it got distracted because it's like, is this going to work? And then he just started coming out. And I was like, he's like, keep chanting. He's like, uh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And then by that time, he popped out. I'm like, great. Right. <laughs> who stopped chanting? I didn't want right. to know who stopped chanting. 
Just tell me. And then he opened his eyes. I'm like, say close your eyes. <sighs> and then also, too, you have the funhouse scene. Oh, man, that was creepy. And let me tell you this. In Hollywood, they actually did have a funhouse theme for it. <laughs> and the scene that stood out for me was the ki- thing with the kid again from the Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then it's banging his head against the mirror. Man, that was creepy. And then you also have the little, poor little girl from the baseball team thing. Remember her? Girl. The uh, underneath the bleachers. Oh, it winds up. Man, she was doing fun. so good too. She was. He came to her, and he's like, "I'm your friend." She's like, mm, "None of my friends are in the dark." I was like, "You go, girl." And right. Like, I'm like, "Good." Oh, Sad. She's like, oh, why are you saying like no? You had <laughs> one job. You did it. You should have kept going. Right. <sighs> but yet again, it's the innocence thing that got gets gets the kids lord and everything. So good. Like I had <laughs> such high hopes for her. And then when he killed her, I was like, You deserve it. You stupid people child. make fun of me. Right. And especially <laughs> when she goes, people make fun of me too oh, with my man. scar. Well, I can help with that. He knows how to get you. Mm-hmm. He gaslight the crap out of you. Yep. Man. And get this, my uncle and my aunt went to go see it with me. Oh. And this is their second time seeing it with me because they actually came the first year to see it chapter one. So they're horror movie fans too? My aunt is. Oh, my wow. uncle my my uncle got creeped out and called him okay. Bo- Bozo's on cocaine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what he said. Bozo is on cocaine. Yeah, but you know, um, you know, remember that scene with the old lady with Beverly, where she rings the doorbell. Oh, the tea time when they had yeah the tea time. Man, thing. that was creepy. To me, that wasn't creepy because you know why? I actually saw it. I saw that on like a little clip on. Facebook, so I watched it. So I'm like, yeah, this is a good time for a pee break. I got up and went to use the bathroom. Wait, you saw when she turned into uh, which ties into John Wick? <laughs> Pretty much. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, what is it? What do they call him? What Pennywise? No, I'm talking about John Wick. Oh, I know who you're talking. I know what you're Baba talking about. Yaga. The bo- the bo- Bobby Yaga. Yeah, Baba that Yaga. was yeah. actually what. She looked like You're right, <laughs> not John but, Wick. Right, I'm like, what? <laughs> Keanu was in this. What? I'm sorry. Did we see I the same movie? Setup. I can see him going. Whoa! <laughs> oh, him playing Pennywise, dude. Whoa, oh. Beverly. Hey, babe. <laughs> I can just no. <laughs> to be or not to be. Whoa! It's like whoa. Dude, yeah. whoa. Dude. People whoa. picked on me what? too, kid. Hey, I'm Pennywise. I'm Pennywise. Okay. You picked on me too, kid. I got these scars okay. from there, bro. <laughs> okay. Have you, sorry, seen, sorry. have you seen Point Break? Yeah. It's like the greatest movie of <laughs> right. my career besides yeah. Speed and Matrix. Cricks. Whoa. And, then and Bill and I was going to call me maybe too. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Kiki. Okay, uh, we so, have trouble in our relationship. I haven't thought of Kiki too much. I know. I'm sorry, Kiki. But <laughs> let's go back to this. Okay, okay. So, anyways, I said okay. I saw this clip, 
on Facebook. I didn't need to see this again. So wait, you saw where she transformed into? Yeah. It. Oh, was it a leak clip? No, no, it was just a promotion thing that they were doing. With her tits hanging down too. No, not that. Oh, okay. Thank God they didn't show that. <laughs> but it was off of Fandango, and I'm like, it was like a two-minute clip. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out, you know? And, of course, it's, I already knew the lineup on what was going to happen anyways because I read the book, and plus I also saw the miniseries. Mm-hmm. So that didn't really creep me out as much because I actually saw that it's like rehashing what I already know. So I'm like, this is a good time for me to get up and take a pee break. Oh. So I went on ahead, used the bathroom, came back, and that scene was over with. That was My aunt goes, you missed that scene. I said, no, I didn't. I saw it on the internet. That scene was creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Man, like the teeth thing. I was like, okay. And then it started a little strange. And I was like, oh, boy. And then there was that scene where Beth was turned around. And in the background, she was like, like went real fast across the kitchen, the dark kitchen. Right. Um, which now you brought that up. I didn't know he directed Mama, which I yeah. got dragged to by an old boyfriend, <laughs> and I couldn't sleep for three days. Well, you were able to sleep during this time with, with this Yeah, movie. this one was okay. I mean, I, I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to watch Bob's Burgers <laughs> after this. This is just a little too much. It was just mostly right. just creepy, like uh, psychosomatic creepiness right. to me more than just I can't sleep because it terrifies me. Right. Because I don't like supernatural horror so this was a big I can go to sleep me. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to sleep fine. Fine. Something's wrong with you. It's okay. I accept you as I, you I've are. I've been knowing that for 35 years. My mom still hasn't figured it out either. Yeah. So. I accept you for who you are. <laughs> well thank but you. I I, I'm very that. jealous of like people like you that can see supernatural <laughs> horror and then be like sleep and I'm just like, oh gosh, oh no, I'm gonna die today. <laughs> like my like, imagination I actually... <laughs> is so wild with those. Like, I, I go to sleep. Listen, get this. I go to sleep actually watching a horror movie in the background, mm-hmm. but no problem. Yeah, I have a coworker like that. Both <laughs> of you guys are crazy. I guess we can call ourselves psychos. I don't know. Yeah, probably. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I but, I just get like real jealous of you people <laughs> that watch what do you super. Say? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> you people, you people. Because I'm like, I, when I went to see Mama, and then he dragged me to see Sinister. I was like, Oh, oh God, oh, what is going on? I cannot sleep. Like, I mean, Sinister is a little bit more on the extra creepiness. Was than... like anytime it's like. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. Anytime it's like little white children <laughs> and supernatural horror oh with them, I'm like, I, it's it for me. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you in a horror movie. Let's see you little white children. You guys are fucked. <laughs> I can just see. Damn. I mean, if you look at every horror right. movie, you don't see but... little black children that are with it, right? You, I mean, well, you always see my black boy number one. <laughs> But right. you don't see like the little white children, little black children in Sinister that he gets to, and they're like, "This is my friend." It's like, <laughs> on little white children, right? Anyway, back but, uh, to eight, chapter two. Okay, so <laughs> we have that part. We have that part laid out where they're finding their stuff. We have the we talked about 
the uh, the playhouse scene. Yes, very so. We also talked about whenever they're trying to get it back, uh, trying to get uh, trap him in that box, that thing, and he gets out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the ending. Man, so spoiler alert: uh, Richie or the twins, as I'm gonna call them, one of them died. Eddie and uh, Eddie. Eddie, right? Yeah, he's the one that yeah, died, right? Eddie's the one that died, but and of course he was trying to save Richie, his twin, right. who got caught up in the deadlights. Right, and Richie is also—they actually, Richie actually loved him. He was in love with him. They didn't show that in the movie, or that yes, in the book. No, they show that in the movie because if you remember, at the very end, he's carving in a heart. Oh, uh, I didn't think too much about it. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, he's Eddie sacrificed himself for him. Yeah, I thought it was just I love my friend who gave his life for me. I also want to mention this too: the little Lost Boys funhouse thing that they made as a kid. It just goes to show you the architect work that Ben had during that time. Yeah, yeah, that's that was what the he beginning. Was. He was an architect. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. But. uh you know, I thought that was actually a pretty way of throwing that back into his adulthood. But yeah. as for the ending itself, I'm going to be honest with you, it was very anticlimactic for me. Because I'm expecting a huge fucking spider. <laughs> that was a huge spider. No, that was not a spider. That was a Pennywise head attached to a spider legs. That was not a spider. Ooh. That was fighting the... look like to me. <laughs> Either way it goes, I'm going to be spraying them down with some raid because I hate spiders. Okay, but... spray that one down. <laughs> no. And the bigger he kept on getting as he kept on scaring them. And then in order for him to, them to kill him, they actually had to make him smaller by making fun of him. Yeah, which is ironic. Because they had to be the bullies. And then Pennywise was the victim. Right. Of their bullying. Right. And then, of Boom, course, write a pulls... paper. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, he just pulls, pulls off the heart and they kill him. Yeah. But I also want to talk about the Stephen King cameo, though, that I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. Because that was my favorite part in that thing, too. He goes, Oh, you must be Bill. He goes, I like your work, but your ending sucks. Yeah. And <laughs> so even though it was like it was done again, I laughed my butt off on it because it was perfectly well done for that part. And Stephen King should be in more movies because like his acting is so natural. He looked and sounded like a small town person. Right. In an antique shop. Yeah. But he, he did play in Sons of Anarchy. Oh man! As the cleaner, was he? Playing? I'm a cleaner. As the cleaner, I'm the guy antique. that. <laughs> well, he's the guy who winds up cleaning up the mess that Jacks that Gemma did whenever uh, she killed somebody, oh, and man. so he she, he dragged her out of the house in a body bag. Wow! See, he blends so. into the background, <laughs> but he's actually playing a lot of cameo roles. Uh, whenever you look at it, he played a pizza delivery guy in Rose Red. <laughs> He played a priest in Pet Cemetery, I think, or 
Sleepwalkers. He's played in a bunch of cameos and everything. Even Maximum Overdrive, he played a cameo role. So, quick question. And yeah. this bounces back to Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were writing, doing a remake of it, would you do the backstory kind of like they did in Chapter 2 It? Like Yes. Where would you put I, it? I would put it at the very beginning. Okay. And you can actually do it kind of like a Black Panther kind of thing. Oh, where you actually yeah. Have someone, where you can actually have someone, either they can be telling their kid about Pet Cemetery, or they can actually just do it as a piece where it's kind of animation kind of style. Um, kind of like what they did with Candyman, because they actually have a new promotional thing for Candyman. Oh, I that is that. actually You need to see it. It's really good. And they tell the story of Candyman. It deals with racism. It deals with all the stuff that Candyman went through. And to the point where he's at now. Ah, okay. So they went into the whole entire legend like that. So if they go into the legend of Pet Cemetery, the way they did that with the kind of like an anima- animation kind of style, uh-huh. I, I would love to see that. And then blend it into today's time. So did they talk about that a little bit? Because I saw they Pet ta- Cemetery, the remake. <laughs> They did capture it a little bit, but not as much as I wanted to. They did mention the fact that it was an Indian burial ground in both movies and everything. And they did mention if you bury your pet there or whatever, their pets will come back to life. But not in the way that you remember them. But they didn't grasp the Indian burial ground. They didn't go into the history of the Indian burial ground for that. And that's what I wanted to see. Okay, I have a controversial statement. So who who directed uh, was it an American director? That I forgot who directed that. Because it seemed like um, with the directors with these type of horror movies who aren't American, they're they they seem to have well, more depth and more. Um, it's more. It was so much more scarier. Well, they had two directors for Pet Cemetery. Oh. They had Kevin Kolesh and Dennis Widmer that uh, did the remake for uh, Pet Cemetery. Hmm. So, there's that. And what is the other guy's name? He did, um, was it Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth? Oh, you're talking about Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see him direct it. Direct um, it. Or a Stephen King movie. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I like Gilmore Del Toro. Don't get me wrong. But I like his original work and everything. And he's one of those directors that will take original work, write his own stuff, versus doing remakes and stuff like that and rehashes. He likes to use his own imagination. So I can actually respect him for that. Okay. Yeah. I just noticed, like, with... I don't like I mentioned I don't watch supernatural horror too much but <laughs> if it's not an American director in that genre of horror it seems like it's a lot more creepier like I I agree I don't know if anybody had a discussion about this like American directors in horror versus like non people We need to do that. Yeah, who aren't <laughs> American like just it seems like there's a I, I don't have the words, well, but it's something that is very, very sinister. 
Very. Well, not only that, but think of it like this. Every country has their own version of what a boogeyman is. Yes. Has their own legend. Yes. So I can imagine that everyone has their own legend in their own country. Yes. And to where they can actually use their own spin on certain things. And that's where their imaginations actually come from. Uh, yes. Because that's what happened in Pan's Labyrinth, too. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about your Oh, yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. Right? Yeah, let's do Hell's Kitchen. Now. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. So, anyway, <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. I haven't... I've, I've watched Hell's Kitchen, like, season one when it first came out to six. And I used to watch mm. it with my sister. And some kind of way, I fell off of it. I think because they start changing the times around and the days. And usually Probably. when they do that, I kind of lose track of it. So I, there was like a a gap. And I haven't seen it for years until two, three days ago. <laughs> right. And I just happened to go, okay, well, let me just check out season 16. And I told my okay. sister, Hell's Kitchen's on. And she was like, that show's still on? I'm like, it has 17 seasons. <laughs> and she was like, why do they keep torturing Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> <laughs> because they like to listen to him do a bloody fucking hell. But then we had a discussion and we, because if you see other, like there's a show of Gordon and his family. I think it's on, it's on YouTube. Like clips yeah, of it. I've watched a couple of them. And yeah. it's it's mostly on a um English British network. But yeah, he's mostly like goofy and like a giant annoying kid where right. his own parent his own family is like, you need to go somewhere. So me and my <laughs> sister we uh came up with the reason why he keep doing Hell's Kitchen is just the only way he can like yell and be right. like mean and get out of the house. Well, <laughs> well, not only well, not only that, but if you think about it, it's all about professionalism too. Like if you, they're expecting these critics are expecting high quality food. Yes. And if you're serving them dog shit and everything, and your cooks are not doing what they need to do, like expediting, talking to each other, communicating with each other, I don't blame him for being mad because that's his business. Yeah, it is. So you have to look at it from a business perspective on that. Because, yes, it's a show, but there's more beneath that than it actually is. It's a business that he's running. Yeah. And he's looking for an executive chef or, like, a head right. chef of his new restaurant. Right. So. right. And also, too, I only saw season 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I liked I liked season 17 a lot. I liked the people that they actually chose in, in that because they actually brought back some of the competitors from season five season six and everything and watch them interact again and watch them have the same beefs again over the years that they were away from each other and those same beefs still arise arise even then yes but it wasn't as severe as season 16 where it was hell's kitchen all stars oh i remember that one <laughs> that was bad Man. with barbie and all yeah that? barbie and elise yes yeah, I watched season 16 and 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, what is wrong with these black women making me look bad? <laughs> That's right. what I said. I was like, oh, I can't watch this, but I'm going to keep watching it because it's like a train wreck that I can't look right. away from. 
And then in season 16, um, I forgot her name. She was, of course, the black woman. She was like <laughs> talking bad to Gordon Ramsay, like, yo, you trying to sabotage me? He said, excuse me. <laughs> yo, you trying to sabotage me? He's like, get out. She's like, I'm going to get out. I'm going to go back to cooking for Usher. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <Whoopie> do. <laughs> right. I can see him, madam. You can go ahead and go. Yeah. I can just see him. So, and then but... people like what get me about that show is people are like, oh, I'm a private chef. And I cooked in this restaurant, that restaurant, and then they fumble around. Like, they don't know how to make mashed potatoes, suddenly. Right. Because probably it was instant potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Because I've been watching Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, yeah. I've been watching reruns. And you would not believe the stuff they were doing on Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, I know. I saw the... um, uh, the, uh, blah blah blah. He has like the the British version, like okay. the original versions of that. Okay, I watched the U.S. versions. Yeah, of it. I saw those too, and it 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 makes me so anal when I go into when I used to go into restaurants. I'm like, right. is this fork clean? The lighting right. is dim. And I, and you're probably over there going, okay, is this 16th century or 20th century? Uh, decorate decor. Yeah, and is this you know is this raw halibut? And you know what? Now I get to the point where I'm actually smelling as I go in. Yeah, to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just there's like little small things that I picked up on on the show, and I can't help it. Now. Yeah, but you know, the thing that got me was there are people that actually heated up stuff out in the microwave. That's how they cook. Mm-hmm. Instant potatoes. Yeah. Heated up uh, food from the day after, and some of it wasn't even good mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I've had food like that. I was like, "What is this crap?" <laughs> exactly, and you know, it's just, I, you know, I just, I just don't. It just, you know, it just mind boggles me on how people lose their passion for cooking and everything, and they just don't care. Yeah. And then they have over a hundred and something items on their menu. Yeah, once they start getting into those franchises, it it gets kind of hard to you lose your passion. I assume I'm not a cook or anything, but I assume you lose your passion because you get caught up in oh, I'm a franchise now, and then you have other people taking over and they lower your standards. Right. Well, another thing too was. Sometimes they do it to themselves. Yeah, they like, do. For, okay, I forgot who this guy was, but Gordon went on ahead, revisited that, revisited that place again, and he was there at that one time when they revisited. Then all of a sudden, he saw that same chef that was at that place over at somebody else's place that he was doing kitchen nightmares on. Mm. And he goes, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "He goes, well." I woke up one day and our the owner slash chef is no longer there. Well, what happened to him? I don't know. Uh. And then there was also another thing too with the Black Pearl in New York. Oh yeah, you remember yeah. that one? Yeah, I think I do. Because that that guy just pissed me off. That guy should have just been done with his uh, management thing, with the general manager th- uh, thing, the way he was promoting it and everything. He should have been done with that, gone from that restaurant because he was the one, reason why it closed down. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I love what Gordon did in that in that thing because he put in a lobster crane. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. That was my, that was awesome. Oh. I would have gone to a lobster thing just to get a free lobster out of that thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he changed everything around, right? Well, he got rid of the tank. He sold the tank. He went back to the regular menu. Gordon went on ahead, went back to visit the Black Pearl. It's no longer the Black Pearl anymore. Some other owners took um, took it over and made it into some type of barbecue, hamburger type of bar joint type thing. Uh, see, most and, of that is ego, too. Right. Egoticity. Yeah, yep. exactly. And, you know, I love what Gordon did. And then he actually calls up the waiter to over for dinner for lunch to find out what happened to the restaurant Mm. and he explains to him what happened Mm. so I love that Um, uh, uh, that episode made me sad though because it had so much potential that Gordon did from that yeah it broke my heart to see that yeah but I'm glad to see other restaurants listen to Gordon and made the tough judgment calls and did what they had to do yeah, because you, if you're doing kitchen nightmares, you you ask for help, or somebody's right. asking for help. So you, right. you have to put your ego aside. Like you have to take the criticism, and you have to put it aside for the good of the business. Right. But if you're getting yeah. jealous, like oh, he made this look better than I imagined. I got tied down. <laughs> right. Another thing too that pissed me off was you have a woman who asked for his help. And then she doesn't want to listen to anything that he has to say. She calls him an idiot and everything else. I'm like, you called him. You literally called him for your help. Yeah. And you're shitting on the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's pointing out things that are actually wrong with your restaurant. No wonder why you're in debt. No wonder why you don't have any customers. And it goes way beyond the decor and everything that they have. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the American version with John Taffer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of, um, I know what you're talking about. Oh, what's the name of that show? Man. I know what you're talking about. I just can't play. I can't, I can't remember, remember the show life now. But yeah, that's what but, John Taffer does. He goes in there and um, which made me just really take a look at the bar, too. Like, when I watched the John Taffer show um, and he goes in the bar area he's like these glasses aren't clean and it's like fleas back here and is that a roach and da 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 and I'm like right. oh my gosh like when I go when I used to pre COVID nineteen go into bars <laughs> well, I or sit at the bar I would just right. be looking at everything like is that glass clean <laughs> I can see it I'm Tamika with kitchen nightmares they're like who? I'm like you don't know who I am. I'm Gordon's assistant. Move out of the way. Move out of the way, huh? What? what what's this? What's this right here? What is this? What is that? You gotta get. Look loud. at this. This should have been cleaned. Look at all this grease. That you're asking for a fire. You gotta get loud, and then you gotta have a button that go beep, right. beep, beep. Right. <laughs> but you know, I love Hill's Kitchen. I love Kitchen Nightmares. As a matter of fact, John Campia, the guy. That I listen to my podcast on sometimes uh-huh. for the John Campion show or YouTube channel. He was actually a guest star on Kitchen Nightmares. Whoa. Yeah, he was just in there for like a few minutes eating with some people. 
but oh, it was in there. I thought it was actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I was geeking out at that moment. But uh, then Hill on Wheels is good too. Okay, I gotta see that. I love the challenge of him having to try and uh, fix up a restaurant in 24 hours and try and salvage it. Ooh. Salvage it. Oh. And wait, huh? sorry. It's called Bar Rescue with John Taffer. Okay. Bar Rescue. There you go. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Okay. Okay. I remember seeing advertising for the show, but I never actually saw the show, but I knew what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, the 24 Hours of Hell is just fantastic. Hell of Hell's on Wheels. As a matter of fact, with this pandemic and everything, Gordon actually made a special one where he's actually having to try and set up, try and save a whole town. Oh wow! Because of a flooding and everything that happened, so he's trying to merge businesses together and everything to where they all can work together. Huh? And stuff like that. That's so I thought that cool. was actually pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was my favorite one. It was heart moving. He got rid of the whole twenty four hours thing. He just went on ahead and did it. There was no clock. But all the other ones, like, I felt bad for this one husband and everything because he lost somebody that was close to him. I think it was his other son that died. And the restaurant was pretty much in shambles after that. Oh, wow. And I think it's in the first episode of 24 Hours of Hell. But it's good. It's it's a good show. I really enjoy it. I do watch MasterChef every once in a while. And stuff like that, but you know, I just got in. I just got around into this whole entire thing of watching Gordon Ramsay stuff. <laughs> you know, yes, because I was. Here's the thing: I have a smart TV, so my smart TV automatically decided to play Kitchen Nightmares, and it actually did uh, about five episodes of nothing but Kitchen Nightmares. I'm like, okay, I'm not even turning on the PS4. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they were done. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see if Amazon or Hulu has Kitchen Nightmare, so I can binge it. Man, it's good too, especially it, if you can really see is. like the BBC version. I guess that's I the OG that. version. That's yeah, pretty good to too. Like he still like curses and yells at people, but it's mm. like more posh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely need to see that. Oh, and then and- when you were talking about um, what's that? Twenty four hours in hell when he's remaking. A restaurant, yeah, it kind of reminded me of a uh, restaurant impossible. I think that's the name of that show. There's another to show out. too that's kind of like that <laughs> where the guy um has two days, I think, to remake a restaurant. Mm. There's shows that are like similar to what Gordon does, but it doesn't have Gordon's. Stamp take, yeah, it's right. Take where he's yelling at people, and then there's Top Shelf, which I like too, uh, along with um, Hell's Kitchen. But right. Top Shelf is like there's not that much like yelling, like right. they're not trying to, they're they're trying to compete against each other, but they have more of um, you know how Gordon has special guest shelves. But it's right. like a panel of guest chefs that's there the whole season judging your food. Right. So that's pretty much <laughs> it's much more intimidating in a sense. Oh, I got I got something fun to tell you. Okay. Two. Next time when you go to a restaurant, take a picture of your dessert or take a picture of your entree. 
send it over to and tweet it over to Gordon <gasps> and see what he says about it. What? Are you I'm serious? serious? Have you done I'm, it? I'm, I did it a couple of times, but he does insult the food. Oh. He does get on Twitter and he does respond to certain people's tweets and he does wind up saying, what in the bloody fucking hell is this shit? Oh, no. I... <laughs> And then, if I was, I was like, "Look, I'm over here at Ryan's in Picayune, Mississippi." Uh, wow, <laughs> they really need your help. <laughs> Dang, but nah. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan's. I want your food. No, Do not. No, uh, nope. You ain't invited. <laughs> <laughs> they like that, John. Close the door. Lock it. <laughs> oh, by the way, the get- I I did mean like I. The reason I was late, of course, we talked about it pre-show, was that I was trying to make risotto. <laughs> like, How did kitchen. that go? Um, it, it tastes good. But, but it doesn't look like risotto? No. It's creamy. <laughs> good thing you didn't tweet that. No. I, I, <laughs> I, it's on my Instagram, but I did not hashtag Gordon in it because I don't want or to. Or tweet it out to him. N- no. No, hopefully he'll never see it. Because I looked at it, I was like, oh, Gordon would be so disappointed in me. Like, it it just, oh, I don't know. It, but does it, it taste looks, good? Yeah, it tastes great. It it looks like just rice. And I think the risotto is supposed to look a little bit more pork, like creamy, like porch. Right, type. it's supposed to be a little bit more creamy. Yeah, but it just looks like uh, soft rice. With mushrooms. <laughs> hey, E for effort. I give you credit for trying out something new. Man, it was so much stir- stirring. And I think with me, I, because like with risotto, you're supposed to stir and then like add chicken stock or vegetable stock a little bit. And then you mm-hmm. stir and it's supposed to absorb the stock. And then you keep pouring and stir, pour, store, stir. And it's like you're doing that back and forth. But I guess I have to see what type of pan I need. Because in Hell's Kitchen, their pans are like a little bit smaller. Right. right? When they're doing... I think you need a small. Yeah, yeah, you might need a smaller pan. Yeah, because the pan I use, like first I use a skillet <laughs> and I was like, it's a mistake. <laughs> and then I poured it in like the large skillet pan. Like the large, like. Um, stainless, it. it's the large stainless steel <laughs> pan, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is taking too long." And in yeah. Hell's Kitchen, they had like the tiny, the small, um, pans, whatever. Right. And well, next time, yeah, next time when you go into like a Bed Bath and Beyond thing, maybe you should ask them what can you use to do a rosa uh, to cook in oh, for yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, or I'm gonna ask Gordon. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I want to cook risotto. Can you help me? That'll be awesome. I would tweet that. <sighs> I'm so afraid. <laughs> I don't want him knocking. Are you go, more afraid of Pennywise, oh. or are you afraid of him? <sighs> Both of them. They're both the same to me. <laughs> like I don't want him like, oh yes, Tamika, have you cooked that risotto yet? <laughs> What is taking so long on the risotto? You know, I'm just stirring it. I'm stirring it, sir. <laughs> yes, chef. You've been stirring that for the bloody oh, thirty no, fucking minutes. The risotto is cold. The risotto is coming. 
Oh, you idiots and donkey. Fa- <laughs> I can see by now all my family in Britain could have actually ate right yeah. now. <laughs> the COVID nineteen virus is over with from your stirring. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyways, this has been a great episode. <laughs> Gordon. Okay. But like I said, this has been great. I, I do appreciate you being on the yeah, show. Yeah, stay tuned, everybody. I'm going to try to <laughs> attempt to do risotto again. All right. <laughs> we'll call this Talking Rosado Part 2. Yes. And I'll let you know if I talk to Gordon Ramsay or not. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, this is going to be the end of our show for tonight. Oh, I do appreciate you guys um, supporting supporting this channel for as long as you have. As a matter of fact, I forgot to announce this. Last week actually made a year since this since this uh, channel has actually been made. Woo! I do appreciate all the love and support that you guys actually showed me. Thank you for all the comments that you uh, that you actually gave me. Big shout out for Film on the Rocks for giving me that shout Thanks, out. Thanks, Film on thank the you Rocks. For, and thank you for the reviews that you guys send in, I do appreciate that. I go through that every single day. As a matter of fact, if I ever, if you guys actually do give me a review, I'm actually going to read that on the show. So go on ahead and send those in. Tamika, I just want to say too, thank you for all the hard work that you actually put in to doing the posters, the promotions for it and everything. You're just the best at what you do. Oh, and also, <laughs> and also too, the website that you made is just fantastic. It's awesome. I just want to say thank you for putting your your blood, sweat, and tears into this and feeling the and I actually feel the passion from when you write and everything. Oh, thank and you. Thank you. you're very welcome. And I appreciate everything you do for me for this podcast, for the for the Facebook page, for everything. Yeah. You go above and beyond. Well, for I'm it. team John. And I'm Team Movie Lovers Unite, so I would like to see you succeed. So that's that's why I'm here. All right. And I also want to give a big thank you to James Oster, a.k.a. Jimmy O, to the O from JoeBlow.com for being on yesterday doing our Jaws review and our, uh, our other horror movie review as well. I do appreciate him being on the show. And if it was for JoeBlow.com or anything like that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing either. So JoeBlow.com has actually helped me with my passion for film even more. So I do appreciate JoeBlow.com. So with that being said, that's going to be it for tonight. And I do appreciate you again, Tamika, for being on. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I really am glad that you're on, that you decided to come on tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And as always, until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Everyone stay safe with this corona mess. Disinfect your hands. Wear your mask. Stand six feet apart. And we'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. And maybe we'll do some movie news or whatever. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. So goodbye, everybody. Bye.